We'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Two passes right up. Welcome to episode number 14 mm. of The Take with Willie Mason. And I am here with Willie Mason. Hello, Willie. How are you, Ian? Very well, thank you for yeah, asking. That's good. That's Mate, good. the game. It's come the back. The actual game? The, the actual game, game NRL? has come back. Mm. And there's a lot of talk around whether or not the rule changes have made the game better. Mm. What do you reckon? Um, obviously... Everyone, there was a lot of conjecture before it going, oh, you know, two refs and like the one ref and what it's going to be like, how are you going to police the ruck, how are you going to do this, how are you going to do this. There's always negatives and positives to everything. But seeing that opener when Parramatta just looked outstanding, the game, the the ruck and and everything just looked like it should look. Because like I'll remind people, like I debuted in 2000. So 2000 to 2008, there was one ref. So you could run rough shots through the ruck. The big forwards were dominant. You had really good halves. We had some, you know, some superstar fullbacks and centers and all that kind of stuff. They all played football. It made the halves play football. It made the fullbacks support the forwards because it's not setting up for different structures. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So what? So then from 2008, obviously to to 2020, it's been two refs. And what happens with that? People, I'll, I'll digress a little bit. And go, okay, well, during this, so 2004 to four, about 2004 or five, Melbourne started dominating the game because the wrestle, the wrestling. So they thought putting two refs in the game would eradicate wrestling, but it made it even, it made it, it, worse. Made it worse, you know? So I think what they were doing, like, the, they were trying to fix a problem and it created a worse problem where, and, and the better teams and the better coaches and they started dominating the game. Melbourne Storm, obviously. Roosters, obviously. You know, but the wrestling was really, it was ruining the game because they were doing some sheep sheep. Everyone was doing it. I remember like going uh, back as a young, uh, in the mid 2000s, going, what, what the fuck are we wrestling for? We just don't, it's not part of the game. It's defense and just attack and just keep attacking. So that's what I've seen. On Thursday night, I seen Parramatta running hard through the ruck. I seen that Mahoney or Marnie, like with these long balls to Moses, back rolls hitting holes, Gutherson out the back, Sevo, all this sort of shit. It was just a really good game to watch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was. It was. It was and just. It was. It was entertaining. It was like, and everyone's just like, everyone gets really, you know, nostalgic on shit. It's like, oh my god, it's like it's like the old days. It's like it's not. I mean, it's just because it's not as policed. Like it used to be, where there's a there's a fucking ref standing there while you're trying to wrestle or slow the ruck down, or if, and then there's a ref back with the ten meters. It's like God damn, you can't cheat at all. There's no there's no human error. There's there's uh, there's linesmen getting people back, getting wingers back, telling them when to drop back, and all this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of talk between the refs. So you couldn't really maneuver yourself around the field where you could, you know, sort of jump offline real quick, put a hit on. Yeah, yeah. you seen that on the weekend. Blokes flying out of the line. McInnes for St. George trying to lift his team. Obviously, they were in a, in a bad spot. Flying out of the line from from three men, three men out, which you don't do. A, B, A and B, you shoot out. C, you don't, unless you've got a really good angle because you can, you've, you could get a tip on if, if the other team tipped it on. Then it creates a hole, all that kind of stuff. If you know your footy, you know what I'm talking about. You know, I reckon. So, I reckon with the the big thing was the six again. Like, and we were talking yes, on Thursday yes. night. Watching, I was about to go to get into that. Watching that six again, and the first couple of times it happened, you could see it hurt the my lungs. Side. It hurt my lungs when I watched them go. They were six going, again. What is this? You know? I've seen. I've seen that happen because I, I had a couple of years over in the in the Super League and a couple of tests where it was always one ref. International rules are always one one ref. So I was very. I, I was common with it. I'm like, damn. I didn't know, but I didn't know they were going to like um, fully, fully just go. Okay, ruck, ruck infringement six to go. So quick. You know, it's only happened. It's only happened a couple of times in my career where I've had that sort of ref. It fucking throws you off. And I've seen Paul Paul Gallen come up with a uh, pretty good argument with with Gus. And it's like, okay, well, just say it's 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 eighteen all with five minutes to go, and you just keep doing ruck infringements, where a ruck infringement should cost you the game. 
Because you're not, but you're not blowing the penalty, or you're blowing as six to go, six to go, six to go. It's like, well, and then Gus was arguing on the other point. Well, the referee should know when it when it should be if it's reoccur when it's a reoccurring um, offence, then they should blow the whistle. Yeah. So there's a little, there's a lot of responsibilities on the refs to see how this game goes. And I reckon the refs did an unbelievable job. Started off with I think Sutton on on um on Thursday night. He was unbelievable, but. It's it's good it's good to see like I like looking as as a fan now a former player and a fan a person who a player who's played through through nine years of one ref and then the back end probably another eight with two refs I found myself as a player as a bigger bigger player I would love the one ref because they can't police the markers and they can't police you know the ten meters so people are just creeping up they'll take they'll take. They'll take as much as you get. Rugby, rugby players and middle forwards will take it. They'll cheat and then they'll try and get as much as they can to get that advantage. And I love seeing that because then it gives onus on the referees to start policing the game properly because all those other refs do is put it on each other. Oh, it's, you, you should have called the 10. You know, you should, you should have the ruck. And it's like the linesman should have this. And, you know, then now it's all in that one ref. So it's great. I, I look at it and – that Thursday night game was such a high quality of football. You know, the, the, the Parramatta-Brisbane game, Parramatta rolled through the middle. They just, they went wide. It was a great game. Yeah. And I th- we were talking and saying, I think this is terrific. But then you go straight to the Titans game. I didn't even watch that shit. But I watched Taumalolo run for fucking 3,000 metres. That's you, about it. You, you were out on Friday night, to be fair. And My I saw brother's you again birthday. On, saw you on Saturday. <laughs> but, you know, that, it's not, it's, when there's two high quality teams, which is what happened with the Brisbane game, yeah, the game's better. But mm. when you watch that game, or when you watch, you know, St George playing against the Warriors, I don't know. Like, was it the style of football that was being played, or was it the quality of the teams? That's the thing that I'm. A little bit of everybody's both. And, getting and, so excited about the rule changes, and we'll have to wait and see for about three or four weeks. You know what I mean? Like it's. Do you think man? I, I personally think Canberra and Manly are one and two, because I I, I look at Canberra beating Melbourne, down in Melbourne, which is even regardless of the of the home. There's no home crowd advantage. It's just the travelling and stuff like that. And just to beat Melbourne in Melbourne, psychology, like your psychology is totally different. Even travelling to Melbourne, you think you're already beat anyway. And then Manly playing the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs were embarrassing. Manly put a clinic on. They'll put in some moves on that. You put on it training and you stop. Like when Tom Jaboyevich, like when Jakey threw that little short ball, it was fake to go out the back and then hit Tom on a, on a little short ball. Like that's a training run. You, you stop that shit in your sleep. You know what I mean? I just went, wow, this fucking defense is disgraceful. Great attack, like 100%, you know, credit to Des and all those guys at Manly. But like with the Bulldogs defense, what are you doing coming out of the line? Like, I don't know who it was. I think it was Lewis or someone like that. It was just pathetic defense. And and then I look at the Titans and all these other lower teams. I'm like, you just you, you've you've been found out. Yeah. You've been found out. What have you been doing in nine weeks? You've been fucking you've been fucking around. I'm not sure what your coach has been doing. I'm not sure if they were on top of it, like Des has has been on top of his team. You speak to Cherry Evans, you speak to all the senior players over there. He's been on top of those guys for nine weeks keeping on top of the game, sending videos out, everything. like, And like, I'm not sure, and I can't say that they weren't doing it, but I'm not sure what other clubs were doing that was so embarrassing. You know, like the Titans were embarrassing, St. George was embarrassing, the Bulldogs were embarrassing. They're the three teams that were pretty bad. Yeah. Like really noticeably bad. And I'm like, what were, what were you doing in nine weeks? We, are you, and everybody's accountable for what they do, you know, like, and, and this is un, un, uncharted territory, what we've been through the last, you know, three months or whatever, but... You're a professional player. You do your work. You know what I mean? Like, don't sit and just go, yeah, I've been, you know, putting your little microcosm on fucking Instagram and think that everyone's, you've been doing your hard work. It's a load of shit. Like, and you're going to get found out. This is a game that'll find you out. You cannot escape. It's, it's ridiculous through the ruck and especially how the game is played now. It's like, damn, you aren't doing your work. Talking about getting found out, if you look at some of these, the thing that I find absolutely phenomenal and I watched you through your career and you know you, you you played tough and you played hard but you're talking about blokes of your size with your sort of footwork that are playing 60 minutes in the middle look yeah. at Payne Haas look at you know Fanua Blake these blokes 
they are just phenomenal. For them to be playing yeah. at the speed they're playing and the minutes they're playing, anything, they're not human. Anything over 60 minutes in the middle is quality. And and as that word quality, they are doing quality work. Quality work. Payne Haas made 50 tackles. I know. 50 fucking tackles in 80 minutes and 190 metres and people thought – and I, in my opinion, I'm like – they got dominated by Parramatta. He still he, he still, still did, did the business. He yeah. was the only sort of dude. If he had a little bit of help, if if he had Fafita and Matt Lodge gets a little bit fitter and a couple of their back rows start playing some good fo- some good football, they'll be back on board. But the the, the meters that he's the, the the quality work that he's been doing because he doesn't look tired. The only reason that he'd come off is because if he's blowing and he's he wasn't winning the wrestle, he was getting dominated on his back. But none of that's happening. Yeah, from the first minute to the eightieth. He's a freak. He's an absolute freak. Regan Campbell Gillard had a pretty had a down year last year. This year goes he goes um goes to Parramatta. Eighty minutes in the middle. Mm. He's wanted to prove a point. But the big boy was running hard and playing like a big boy. It's the difference between being six foot six and one hundred and fifteen one hundred and fifteen kilos and quick. Some people are like that, but you got to play like that. He was running really direct into the right holes, and I messaged him. I said, "That's the way you play." Because a couple of years ago, he was. He was an Australian rep and New South Wales rep. He's lost yeah. both. He's lost. He's lost both those. So he's a man on a mission. So uh, Junior Paulo, all these guys, Fanua Blake, Tapao, every single front rower in the game at the moment can play at least sixty minutes. And I think that's. I think that is entrenched in their off season and with their coaching and stuff. It's like you need your minimum minutes is sixty, because a lot of these guys that come off the bench aren't putting quality work in. And I look at the Bulldogs team, I'm like, they rely so much on Tolman. They rely so much on Napa. But they're not giving quality minutes. Then you've got this young kid coming off the bench. You're not giving him more than – you need to put these kids on. As a young kid, you need to put these young kids on in the first, in the, in the first half. At least don't wait till they're in the second half, deep in the second half. These young kids haven't played enough football to be mentally strong enough to get onto the field and go, all right, I know my job, I know this. Because they get on the field, they make defensive mistakes – they all they want to do is get the ball, attack it, attack near the ruck. They never spread the ball out. They're not their width from the nine is so stupid. It's like two meters. They're getting they're getting tackled by the markers. It's like you can see it because they, they're not warming into the game. Like you got to give these young kids, and you got to know your bench. It's like okay, well, I've got uh, you know my fourteen and fifteen of the young young kids, Polynesian kids, going to be playing in the middle. I need to give them at least I don't know maybe the last ten minutes. Because Tolman and Napa are sort of getting tired, and then the second, and then the next, the second half, ten to fifteen minutes, and that's probably it. Maybe if you need them in the in the second, um, the last bit of the second half, that's about it. So first week, yes or no, you like the rules? I love the rules. I, I love the rules. I think William, I th- William, yes or no? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I do. I do. I think everyone does. So this week of football provided mm. it provided so many memories. It did. And some are good memories, some are bad memories. What we're going to do, rather than review every game, what I'd like you to do yep. is I would like you to tell me what your highlight of the week is, what your low light of the week is, and then we're going to move on to some very specific topics. Yeah, I think the, hi- the highlight was just the quality of the games, but specifically Tom Trebojevic and what he did and – how he executed some of these moves on the run. These, as I said before, some of the things that he was doing, you you wouldn't really pull off in in training, and he was doing it in an NRL game. I'm not sure, you know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking the Bulldogs' defense was embarrassing, but it still doesn't really matter because sometimes when you go against the first team versus the second team, you you'll get those you'll get maybe maybe. Two out of ten, it might it might come off. So he's he put a clinic on, and just his support play, his knowledge of the game, his IQ, his football IQ is is something that's been underestimated. He comes in, he he go, knows exactly when to come into the game. He knows exactly when to stay in the ruck and support his forwards, like in his brother Jake, who puts inside balls for him all the time, or off Cherry Evans, or he knows how to go down short sides and throw a long ball. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he is he is a next level kid. And he is, and that, and that every sense, sense of the word kid, he's 22. You know what well, I mean? He's, he's, here's a question ridiculous. for you, Will, off topic, which yeah. the producer will be happy with. 
explain to me, has there ever been a better era for fullbacks? No. Trebojevic, Tedesco, <laughs> Valentine Holmes, Kalen Ponga. I mean, it is just phenomenal. Think of the last, I think, I reckon 15 years. I reckon 15 years. I think just say Brett Hodgson was a New South Wales fullback in 2001, 2002. No. And then 2003, Minicello comes along. Yeah. And I think the Australian fullback before that was Darren Lockyer. Yeah. So Lockyer held held the, you know, he was was the man. He he transformed the whole game, how the game was played, because Darren Lockyer is a 5'8". He had the five-eight brain, but a fullback speed and all that kind of stuff. So he, that's why the transition from fullback to number six wasn't that hard. It was probably just defensively. And then he got that in check. He was fine. Then you look at the Minicellos. Then you look at Carmichael Hunts, even Luke Patton. Uh, Billy Slater was on the, on the back burner. He couldn't get in the rep sides. Brett Stewart. And then just go from there. Uh, Tedesco, Ted, um, Chaboyevich, like Billy Slater. Like obviously changed the whole game again. Like it's been ridiculous. I'm not sure if I've left anybody out. Have I just I don't. I don't know. At the moment, you look at every single side and their fullback. Sorry, Tulvas. Tulvas Shek. Shek. Yeah. All these guys. At I mean, the it's, moment, Kalen Ponga. At the moment, I'm just saying. Like the evolution. I'm just talking like when Minicello. Minicello. We spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. He kicked Darren Lockyer. Arguably, could go down as the best number, top three sixes and top three number ones. You know what I mean? Like, and Minicello made him go to six. Yeah. So people don't, don't understand that. And then he was he was at the top for ages and Billy Slater, all these guys around there. And the whole evolution of the fullback has become just phenomenal. It is the high, It should be the highest paid position in the game because they do so much. Obviously, defensively, it's a little bit different. If you're, if you're a middle ex-middle forward like me, I understand it. Whatever, but like we do our work, they he does his work. He saves he a fullback saving tries. I would rather than scoring tries sometimes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you know, and Billy Slater saves so many tries. Minicello, all these great fullbacks, Trebojevic, two of us, Shek. We're just we're blessed. We're blessed. I it's mean, a guys phenomenal like, era. Like a Kalen Ponga can't really break into start and roll at fullback, or yeah. or into the Australian team where he's a superstar. Well, speaking of that, that's actually my highlight. The highlight of this week was a. Newcastle Knights side without Kalen Ponga with 25 players getting injured in the first half. They mm. finished up having the mascot running on for them and they managed to come back and hold the Panthers, who are a good side, to really a draw. Good side. The fact that the Newcastle Knights have just seemingly found that level of toughness, I, I was just so impressed with them. And I think the Knights genuinely this year – I don't know, for anyone who supports Newcastle, you've got a good footy side up there. I lo- I think- I, I'm glad you touched on that because I, I love Newcastle. Um, I'm a Newcastle boy and, you know, they, they've had their they've had their tough times. And I was talking to you before this, I was just like, this is a mentality. This is this is, this is is mental toughness. They could have easily, easily just went, you know, oh, we're done. We're, we're down, Piercy. You know, we've got no Kalen Pong and Connor Watson's off. All this sort of – there's so many excuses for them – to let Penrith run up, you know, 40 or 50 on them, but they stuck in there. Tex Hoy, the young kid. He played who's, well who's, first who's game. the young kid who made 70 tackles? Randall. Randall, like him. Uh, there was another couple of debutants. Like 70 tackles in your first game. Tex Hoy over 180 metres. It was a phenomenal effort. And to see, to see that, Newcastle people would be so proud. 14-0 down to a veteran Penrith team. Obviously, Nathan Cleary wasn't playing, but those two halves, they, 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 they're guns as well, that Luai and the other good kid. And, they, and they, I mean, Penrith could have put him to bed. He had mm. about fucking 20 shots at um, a field goal, the, the number six for Penrith, and missed them all. He'd be furious at himself. But they hung in there, and I think, that, that, I mean, just, just that one effort it was, was, was ridiculous. And it shows what they're made of this year. They're not going to fold. Penrith have been putting a few people to bed lately. Uh, now, the low light of the week, William. Uh, I, I Look, I think that the Dragons fans, and, and I feel for the fans because they're a proud club and Paul McGregor's copping a heap of shit over his coaching or whatever. But at the end of the day, the players are out there oh performing and the way that they played and some of their big recruits, I don't want to go into specifics of who those players were because they, I mean, everyone knows who they are, but mm. it was a pretty average performance. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Like with the media and 
and everyone else just blaming coaches, blaming Mary. It's like, for fuck's sake, like Mary's doing all the preparation he can do to get these kids ready for that 80-minute effort on the weekend. I know, I know exactly what they're going through. And you cannot blame a coach. Like, I don't know. Like, there's not 17 players revolting against the coach trying to get Mary sacked. Individual players need to take accountability and go, look, this is on me. This is on Ben Hunt. This is on Corey Norman. This is on McKinnis. This is on all the play, all the leaders in that team. They're just playing terrible, man. It's just like, I don't get it, man. And like, we just want to, this is not the NFL where you make your quarterback gets the calls from the coach. There's a, like offensive coordinators. There's a head coach. Every play is a play, unless you call it audible. But every play in the NRL is an audible. You just do what the fuck you want. You just you get the ball and you play football. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and 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 they were in a position. I'm like, what are you what are you doing? Like, what, like even from a spectator, I'm just sitting there going, what did what, you go that way for? Why did you why did you kick it like that? Why why did you why did you defend like that? And I don't see it as a coaching problem. And I never have. And I've never. I've never, ever blamed the coach because I'm accountable as a player to get out there and put my 80-minute effort in and put as much as I can in. Collectively, I'm not sure what's going on there. No. Is it, is it, um, is it, is there, uh, is there, you know, turmoil in, within a playing group? You know what I mean? You, you can pick and choose, but I'm not going to because all I know is, is all they need is one win. And then and it sorts everything out. Mary's off to the pressure cooker for a week and all that kind of stuff. And it changes so much shit, man, when you win one game. Yeah. Confidence levels. And they're playing the Bulldogs this week, which I think they'll I think they'll everyone's like, it's a battle of the coaches. Whoever gets whoever gets beaten's gonna get sacked. No, bullshit. You know, I th- I just think uh St. George have too much quality. And I know that Mary is very beloved down there and they love him. And he's a great guy. Like I've I've played against him. And I'm still, and I'm friends with him now. He's a great dude, man. Like you can't blame the coach. I just don't, I don't understand. Like all we want to do is like, soon as a, soon as a team's like, oh, it's Dean Pace's fault. It's Mary McGregor's fault. It's fucking players' fault. The, the amount, the amount of work these assistant coaches and head coaches put in, and collectively as a club put into that fucking one eighty minute effort on Saturday, and then you just sit there and go and watch, watch the seventeen players just put in this piss poor effort. And it's like. It'd be the most deflating shit in the fucking world. Being a coach. I could not. I couldn't. I don't want to be an NRL first grade coach. I could probably sit probably next to a Craig Bellamy like Rollsy's doing and just go, oh, <laughs> shit. I'm not sure if I could even cop that. So is that, would you, the fact that you've just jumped on that point so with such passion, is that your low light too, Will, or have you got something else? Is that your low light? That's just me. That's just, <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I see shit. Have you, I mean, did, was there anything that really... The you, low light. Yeah. Did you see anything this week? That- probably probably the efforts from the teams that I expected more from. I expect a lot more from my Bulldogs. You know, like I expect a lot more. And there was some schoolboy shit that they fucked up on, like on defensive errors and their and their just basic plays through the ruck. It's just like like it, what, you can read that shit from a mile away. Mm. Like it was like it was like Manly were putting on like just say as people would probably remember this. They didn't I don't think they scored off it. But uh, so they were in the middle of the field. There was a long ball to Cherry Evans. Cherry Evans, seeing the guy being lazy on the inside, he passed it to Trebojevic, Tommy. Tommy had the time to pass it back to Cherry Evans and they went hands down the short side. Yeah. That doesn't fucking happen, Ian. Yeah, that's right. If you know what's going on in the game. That does not happen. It doesn't get back to Cherry Evans and it does not get back to, I think it was Sirenen and to the, to the winger that's open. Mm. That is embarrassing fucking rugby league and defensive principles and everything that, know, everything that people know about rugby league. You look at that and go, wow, he just went an inside ball and then Cherry Evans had time to pull back and then do, what, three on two down the short side? You don't do it. It doesn't happen. And I was just like, oh, my fucking God. The Trebojevic try where, where there was um, they had a little bit of evasion. It's sort, I mean, this is a basic this is a basic sort of uh, move. Um, like Jake held the ball up, and you had a guy out the back, and then you had Tom off his hip. This is such an easy fucking thing to read. Lachlan Lewis comes shooting out at the guy out the back when he should have just sat in the pocket and just fucking put his body in front. That's no trust. That's not that is it's nothing. It's, there's no trust in your teammates and no confidence. It's like that's basic shit. One hundred and one defensive rules. 
and it made me sick watching it. And I was just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like yeah. I didn't, I couldn't understand. It. I'm like, "What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you guys doing? Are you trying? Are you trying?" Like so many people were fucking sliding into my DMs like they always do, <laughs> like you did before. You taught me how to slide in a DM. Um, it was good. And they were going, Mace, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so what the fuck is happening? Oh, you know, I'm a, I'm a lot of love for the Lebanese community, all my boys. And I follow them a lot of them on Instagram and, and all these other um I've got their numbers and everything. What's going on? They, they, they sort of come at me. What's fucking going on there? This is embarrassing. This is this, this, like these such the words I can't really repeat that much. And I'm just like, wow. These guys are so passionate about that jersey. It's unbelievable. So I, don't under, I don't think these kids understand what they mean to a lot of the public and the supporters, I think, especially the Bulldogs. They are such hardcore, ridiculous fans that they just they accept nothing but a top eight team or if you're not a fucking top eight team, you make an effort like a ridiculous effort. You don't make schoolboy er- like errors, and they just like this is so like they're messing me. Up. This is embarrassing. What's going on? Do this, do that. I'm like, I understand. I understand. I understand your pain because I'm watching this shit as well. I'm not in the coaching staff. I'm not doing anything here at the club, and it's and it's frustrating for me as as a former player and knowing what they actually might be capable of. And how the take home message for me is that you've got Lebanese black sliding in your DMs. What always. Player of the week, who would you say? I mean, you've wrapped mm. up Tom Trebojevic. Who is your player of the week? I can't go past Tom. Honestly, can't. I say, I mean, maybe. Oh no, sorry, Tom. George Williams. Oh, Did I just Tommy. steal yours? No, 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 you nah, didn't. No, nah, nah, good, good, good. Because that kid. I had my little question marks on him. I was thinking, oh, a little pommy kid coming over here, thinking he's going to kill it. He might get a bit of a shock and get sent back home, all that sort of shit. That could have been the narrative for him. He comes up against Melbourne and fucking what, that hit he put on Pappenhausen. Good shot. Fucking Good awesome. Shot. I was, oh, my God. He was throwing dummies. He's doing double crosses, person out the back. He's hitting Kotrick on this. He's, like, he's throwing these balls, but his defense was outstanding. I thought he was unbelievable for a young kid, and he's 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 one. I I, I slid into uh, Georgie's uh, DMs. Did you? Yeah, and said, "Great game, welcome to the NRL. You deserve it. You're a fucking you on, beast." Did he leave you on scene? He said, "Thanks, lad." Did he? Appreciate oh, it. That's bro. good. Yeah. No, but he's a good, so I respect that sort of stuff. You know, if you're going to get back to the old boy like me, so he um he really he was my player of the week because only the only reason why he trumps Tommy is because the caliber of players that. He played against. Yeah. Melbourne. Played a good side. Melbourne in Melbourne. Hard to beat. I am going to give my player of the week to a debutante in Bradman Best. I reckon he was just for a kid. There was a lot of hype about him and he wasn't named in the side. So, I mean, presumably he knew he was going to play, but the way he played, that kid is just – if he can stay on the right path, he could be anything, that kid. And he's the right, right people around him, a really good club. Which I think Newcastle is going to be in the next five years. Yep. He's 19 years old. He's Newcastle boy. So, yeah, I was watching him very closely, but yeah, I think he's got a massive future. Stays fit and healthy, and he's going to be, you know, future representative player. Definitely. The last. What a great name, too. Fucking hell. Oh, Bradman Best. What a good name. Some good names floating around, too. Ian Burns, the worst name ever, thanks to my parents. <laughs> the last award that we are going to give out is the. Well, William, who's the greatest rugby league player of all time? McNeil. McNeil. So we are going to give out the McNeil Lemon Award to the player who has failed to live up to McNeil's lofty standards. My McNeil Award this week goes to Ben Hampton. And do you want to know why? Why? Because I didn't pick him on a super coach side. I know how much he loves super coach. And I thought, oh, no, he won't do that again. He's, I love super coach. He's, you hate it. And he fucking... scored two tries and he scored 78 points. I thought and... Ben Hampton was a fucking ref. No, well, he's a winger. <laughs> and he was he was very cheap and now he's not and I missed the boat. And I just cannot cop losing on super coach because there's, well, there's some money. Really? Hands. Oh, yeah. It's a big thing. You, you don't like the super it. coach? Love it. Fucking serious? I was called for those that follow Supercoach. I was called King Flog uh, on Supercoach, but I changed my name to the Takes Flog. I thought I knew everything about you, and I didn't know that you were on that. I love it. 
I would have been the worst fucking person. You were terrible on Supercoach. Oh, I, mate, I, I've had you on a side mate, once. You in, the, you, in, the, in the 2000s, I would have been an animal. Meters everywhere. Yeah, but Off late. Offloads. Late. You were terrible. Oh, oh the back, the early yeah, the 2000s? The back end of your career was oh, terrible. Fucking, hey, that was, was when it started. Hey, it was more quality. It was, but yeah, it was but more quality, but it wasn't super coach. It wasn't like, super coach. I remember coming off the field going, hey, Willie, you sucked the super coach. You didn't give me 100 minutes. Like, fuck, I thought I was like, it was more about efficiency and the stats that we get as players, more efficiency. You got to be over 90%. You got to do this, get these sort of meters, how many um, average meters, post contact meters. That's what I was more into at the back end because most coaches were during the 2000s, I'd just run the fucking ball like it is now. What I'm telling you is when you were at the Knights, I had you in my side because I, I felt right like I had to. No, you didn't do enough. You hadn't enough minutes. You weren't. That's the minutes, but the quality minutes. minutes. It's quite, it was, I'm not saying it wasn't quality. I'm <laughs> just saying. Like, as a super coach, I was just like, that was quality minutes. No, it's not. Fuck you, super. I was just Fuck you, super coach. What is super coach? I was saying to some supporters. Well, it's. I'll tell you and what. It actually is a thing, but fuck and it. Ben Hampton ruined me. Anyway. So who, who's your McNeil? I don't have one. one. All right, well, Hampton. I actually don't have one. Hampton. I'm going to go with Hampton, but I didn't really – I don't think anyone really disappointed me that that much this week. No. We've, and it, to be fair, first game back, I thought everyone did a terrific mm. I job. I think I was so positive in just watching the whole week and all the, all the efforts and all that sort of shit, nine weeks out, quality of football. You sort of see that in your head. You're like, oh, my God, there's nothing wrong with the game. No. But next week. Uh, this week, we'll be fucking onto it. I've actually decided that despite Ned's being such a wonderful supporter of ours, I actually don't want to do this anymore. Why is that? Why? You, you know bit why. Je- you a bit jealous? Jealous is a strong word. I, look, he's done all right. <laughs> hate, the producer, hate's a strong I, word. I think jealous is no, I hate him. quite fitting. I actually hate him. All right. I all hate right, him. All right. No, I hate him a lot. I think he's doing great. You would. Just because we're winning, but you <laughs> that's know what I think about. about because this is a, there's no I in team, mate. This is this is a team. This whole production team, you and I. There's a me in team. I'm going to ring Jared yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, you, the, your boy, the profit, on. profit, the profit, profit. Let's see what he has to say about anyway, why the producer's our producer's on fire. Oh, he's not. He is. Your voice sounds so clear through these headphones. <laughs> hey guys, how are you, Jared? How are you, mate? I'm very well, Ian. How are you, mate? I'm sad. <laughs> he's he's filthy. The yeah, producer, yeah. he's uh, produced again. He doesn't yeah. he doesn't lose. He backed himself like three or four weeks ago. He goes, I won't. He goes, I'll do this, 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 and this, and he's come through. He should be the profit, profit, profit. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, there is there is a case to be made. I'll tell you, it was a weekend of sick beats last weekend, though, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you know what, Jared? I'm starting to think. You know, there was the bomb threat the other week. Yeah, yeah, I'm not convinced he didn't call that in. And there's been some sort of rigging of all the races that he. I don't know if he's paid jockeys off or what's going on, but he is not good at things. So how this yeah. is happening is beyond me. If you knew the if you knew <laughs> yeah. the producer's background, you'd know that you know why he'd be coming up with the goods. He's got yeah. a good story. We'll actually get him on as one of our. No, we, he's never ever ever speaking on this show ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me, profit. Last week, my my bet was obviously Roosters thirteen plus into the yeah. West Tigers thirteen plus. Were you watching that game thinking, "Oh my god, I've, I've nailed it again"? Oh, mate, I was talking to Ian in the dying stages of that, honestly, and I said it is absolutely incredible that this is about to come off because at the sixty minute mark, the Tigers sixteen nil winning, let alone going up thirteen uh, by thirteen points. But honestly. That the Roosters have absolutely flogged the bunnies, and mm. then to go twelve on a thirteen plus is probably the sickest beat of the weekend. Honestly, it killed me. I was actually, um, I had to uh, double guessing myself. I was just, I had to ring Ian. I said, "What's what's eight eight plus six, eight plus yeah. four? Is, is, is it fourteen? <laughs> it told me it's fourteen plus or something." He goes, "No, it's twelve. You lost." He'd had a yeah. fair night the yeah. night before. To be fair, adding <laughs> up wasn't no, wasn't no, thinking. No. I wasn't thinking that clear at the time. He wasn't at the finest of his, uh, yeah. of his thinking abilities. <laughs> how many how many tips do you get right last week, Jared? Out of interest. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. Righto, profit, profit. What did you get? What was that? I'm interested. You got two. It was was an appalling performance. Honestly, I just overthought everything. I thought I was being smart. Like in that first one, Roosters, uh, Rabbitohs, I thought just because the Roosters have been so shaky off a break recently and I was just, like just they never looked like losing and that just summed up my weekend. Did Mm. you tip South? 
I did, yeah, wow. just outright. Oh, I just no thought, Cody I just thought, yeah, I know it was it was gross, I, and I absolutely <laughs> blame no one for jumping off my tips this week. But uh, look, I, I'm, I'm a little bit more confident this week. Fingers crossed. You're good on the horses, can't, mate. So it's all can't right. be yeah. much worse. Yeah. You did all right through the <laughs> yeah. week. I follow your tips through the week. You go good, actually. No, week. thank you. Cheers. Now I Appreciate will go that. first because I'm obviously the star of the show. It's, I mean, my name's not on. The take, but, but it might as well be. It should be. So here is what I'm going to do this week. I told you I'd end up with a 15 leg multi. I'm going to start with a four leg multi this week. Oh, nice! I want to hear this. I'm going to go head to head Roosters Panthers Storm. So that'll all be over by Friday night, and then the value to push it up well over what the producer will get. And it is me versus him from now on. I've always liked a French horse, as you know, Fatus. Oh, Chitrus yep. is back. No. Aquitan. <laughs> Aquitan, up in Brisbane, Aquitan. last race. How would you say it, Jared? You're the French expert. Yeah, yeah. look, I say Aquitan, but I say everything in a pretty, like, ocker Australian accent, so probably don't take my word on this one. Mate, I think your accent's a bit better than mine, to be fair, on that front. <laughs> so Aquitan, I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. No, I like this too. Look, uh, she's got, like you said there, Ian, she's got that Fatouse form that we've been chasing the last few weeks. That horse did run second last weekend, but I think that this form is still going to prove to be far too good for anything in Brisbane. Um, look, she's fit a second up. I think the $3.40 that she's adding to this value is uh, – this multi, I beg your pardon, is outstanding value. Uh, in terms of all the other legs, Roosters are $1.25 favourites. Panthers are $1.45 favourites, and the Storm are $1.40. So they all look good. Combined together, we're getting $8.12 for this. Do not hate it at all. I think it's a very handsome price. Thank you, Jared. That's lovely for you to say. And I, <laughs> I like, I like that you can now follow my tips and maybe not get two, right? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, the only way is up from how I went last weekend. So uh, that's you know some sort of solace, I suppose. William yeah. is um, now going to yeah. wow you. I'm yeah. going. To, I didn't really know that you could bet on so many different things. Like first try score, any time try scorer. All that kind of exotic bets. So I've been just like just fiddling through the Ned, the Ned's app, and I'm going to go with uh, North Queensland Cowboys to win thirteen yep. plus. Yep. Into any time try scorer. Yep. Which will go. I'll go with Cohen Hess. Cohen Hess. Yeah, I think because Tal Malolo was out. And it's yeah. up, and it's up there. It's going to be hot as hell. Cronulla aren't playing that well. I'm not sure if Fafita's back. They've got Dugan. I think they've got Moylan back. They've got some players there that, are, you know, they're coming back from injury, so they're not they're not um, they're not that fit regardless. And plus, they've had nine weeks off prior to this anyway. So, Cohen Hess, he'll get more ball on that edge. I think because uh, of Tamalolo being out, the front rows will step up, and there'll be and he always seems to find the line somehow. So. I think it'll be all right. Yeah, it'll right. be all right, bet. So you said Hess anytime try scoring, yes. you will? Yeah, paying yeah, 450. Right. Yeah, yeah, that very juicy odds there. Well, yeah. we can either go 25 each way. Um, North Queensland win 13 plus at $3.30, and then obviously the 25 on the $4.50 for Hess. Or together, it's around ten dollars. Yeah, go to ten dollars. I don't do the each way stuff, mate. You know me. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Well, you know that's fair. I think there are thirteen. You know, I think thirteen plus is easy. I mean, I think the Cowboys can actually can get that. It's attainable. Yeah, especially up yeah. there. I mean, uh, Cronulla's got to travel. All those little uh, variables that people don't really understand. All they do is watch the game on Saturday night. But um, yeah, I think it'll 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 account for something. Yeah, beautiful. No, I, I'm certainly not here to argue with you, certainly on the back of my performance last week hmm. and obviously your stature in this game and the fact that you've played for the North Queensland Cowboys. Yes. So more than happy to take and it's hard. And it's hard. I mean, like it, it, might be, it might be freezing down here, but up there it's still about 28 degrees and humidity is awful, you know, for players down here, but it's 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 their winter. So um, it'll be, be an interesting game, but I just don't think Cronulla have the strike power and I just, they're just not ready to for a couple of wins on the road yet. Yeah, well, nice. I think that that sounds nice. It certainly sounds nice from a uh, betting perspective here too. That will be quite a little lucrative win. So, Cohen Hess, if you are listening, score that fucking try, please. <laughs> Should I tell you what's not nice, Jared? Yeah, what's that? The producer. Now, <laughs> unfortunately, we're going to have to listen to this dribbler. He hasn't once again. He hasn't told me what the tip is because he can't tell me because he's too good. But <laughs> I believe he has let you in on a little secret. He has. Okay. Yes, he has. 
He has indeed. This week he's looking at Randwick, race number four, number seven. The horse is called Love Seat. Um, <laughs> well, wow. She's had four star- yeah, yeah. It, she's had four stars back from the spell. It's, uh, yeah, it is a good <laughs> It's a good Cute. name. Um, <laughs> It's probably it's probably fair to say that this horse has mixed her form a little. She's won once. She's run third in a pretty similar race to this one at her last appearance. To her credit, she is rock hard fit. She gets Karen McAvoy, who was a senior jockey, on board. Uh, look, from my perspective, I think this is one of the more open races on the card at Randwick of the weekend. But we are taking eight dollars fifty for this horse. So if Ooh. the producer, if the producer is on again, oh, and I hope he is. I gone, hope he is. Yeah, let's not. not forget that he's got two back massive it. wins, and then yeah, well, he honestly like the worst bets than just following this bloke in every weekend. Honestly, he's not an absolute honey hole. He knows um, something. You need to stop this positivity <laughs> straight away. No, keep it going. I think I, I don't even I don't gamble, but I think I might put some some money on this horse. Well, well I hope you do because you'll stop it the way you're going. <laughs> <laughs> we've got three. Um, we've got three tips here, all eight dollars and above. So if all of these get, oh, up, be flying! What a great little weekend this is going to turn out to be. Well, mate, you've been a massive support to us. What are we up to now? We're going all right now, thanks We're to me. Eight hundred dollars in the kitty now. There we go. So there's yeah. there is definitely going to be a lucky club at the end of the year that uh, that we can manage to to help out financially, which is Definitely. going to be terrific. So, mate, thanks yeah. again, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you next week after the producer's horse runs last. <laughs> no worries, guys. Thank you again oh, for having me on, and uh, enjoy your weekend. You, you too, too, mate. Take too, it mate. easy. All right, thanks, guys. Cheers, mate. See you, mate. Um, obviously, I don't have to remind everyone to gamble responsibly. You don't do. be stupid. Right? Do. I actually do have to you keep reminding do. people because people do gamble so stupid it's ridiculous. Like the producer. <laughs> Producers, mate. Literally. This weekend of Rugby League has thrown up some pretty interesting games and, to be honest, a couple of dog shit ones too, but mm. the ground starts off with a pretty good game of football, Brisbane versus the Roosters. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think of um, the Broncos? More importantly, I think the Roosters were, were back to where they should be. I, I don't mind the Broncos. I, I, I mean, Parramatta just absolutely dominated them last week. Turpin out for four to six weeks. Who's the new nine? Corey that sucks. Corey Pay. They've ra- they've wrapped him. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I mean, he's a new kid. To, I mean, you got the Roosters who are just tried and tested. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's just it's gonna be hard to go past the Roosters because the Broncos still have no David Fafita, who is that only strike weapon. Matt Lodge needs more minutes. Alex Glenn's coming back from a calf. You see that? Calf laceration. Oh, God, he's fucking went down to his lower leg. Someone's got a lower leg sh- lower leg bone. Lower leg bone. <laughs> Femur. No. Someone's someone's <laughs> carried a shiv onto the field. It was an ugly wound actually. No, it was terrible. I, I think um, right. yeah. I, I, I like the Broncos, but I think they might take a couple of weeks to warm up. I think they need David Fafita back because he has that strike. I've never seen – I'll go down on paper and say it. Like I, he's the best forward since I've seen – since Tal Malolo. I'll go, Tal Malolo, I ain't seen shit. So 2010 and then I see David Fafita. That's how highly I rate this kid. He's, um, he's got everything. He's got speed, footwork, agility – Aggression, like I just, I just can't speak highly, highly enough of him. So they're going to miss him, man. He? So he's not playing. So you tipping the Roosters? Yeah, easy. You know, we'll come back on the end. We did all right with the tips last week. We got the same. Yeah. So when I say we did all right, I don't actually care what I get. I don't care if I get two out of eight. If you get one. <laughs> so anyway, we'll come back to tips at the end. Penrith versus the Warriors. Mm. weren't the Warriors good last week? They're outstanding. They were. I think. I don't think anyone has compl- – I think it was an NRL record, like 44 out of 46. Yeah, amazing. That is ridiculous. Yeah. You just don't do that in this – especially off a nine-week break and especially what they dished out the first two weeks. Their completion rate was – I think one time was nearly below 50%. So they've obviously worked on that. Steve Kearney deserves, um, deserves to be commended about that. But it's just one game. Maybe – you know, I'm, I'm actually going to back the Warriors – because I just think they're going to be they're going to become Warriors are this this sort of team where they 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 ride the highs real high they're confident they're a confident team 
and they and they got great leadership. And when they play some good football, like this sort of football, when they can roll through the ruck and Tuivasa-Shek can do what he wants and Nick, uh, uh, Nick Arima can do what he wants. Do you know what I mean? Blake Green can steer the ship right. They can play some really good football. Yeah, they can. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think the rules in the one ref will suit the way the Warriors play. I think Penrith... Uh, I'm a little, bit, a shaky. Game, I'm a little bit shaky on that. It was a really tough. tough game, it was a really tough game physically for him and mentally. It's not really good to be beaten by a you know uh, young young side with three or four debutants and with to come no away players. fourteen nil and fourteen nil up. It's yeah. just like mentally, it's like fuck. You know, the if the Warriors, I think, I think the Warriors will get up. Who you got? We'll come back to that. Okay. And <laughs> the Storm versus the Rabbits. Rabbits. Rabbits weren't. Terrible. It was just the Roosters yeah. were too good. Storm don't lose two in a row, though. No, Storm. Uh, Parramatta. They this, are. This is, this is the. This should be a. This is the game of the. Should be a Thursday or Friday. This is night the game. ding dong. You're game. doing a fucking super sad day. God, and it man. must be early too. Five thirty game. But is obviously, no, one's got, no one's got anything to watch, so you can put it on any time. The horses have only just finished then. The profit, profit, probably. He'd be watching. I yeah, think this is probably the game of the round, to be honest. So, Parramatta are coming off a, a pretty massive win. Um, the problem the Eels have had over the last few years is consistency, mm. whereas Manly are probably the most consistent team in the comp. Yeah. You know, it, it, they come out week in, week out, and they dish up the same sort of stuff. Mm. They don't have a superstar side, but they've got superstar players in a very good footy side. Yeah. So that's a tough game to pick. I think I think the Eels this this I think this is where you'll gauge where everyone is at. Was Brisbane really bad? Was was the Bulldogs really bad? Yeah. Or were the other Parra teams and really good. Eagles really good? So I'm going to go with the Eagles because I just think they've got the wood on power at the moment. Their forward pack's really good. Cherry Evans is a big key. But I think we can really gauge both these teams off this off this, this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, North Queensland versus the Sharks. Yeah. Well, I touched on it before. No Tal Malolo, but I think that opens the door up for a lot of the other forwards to get more touches because he dominates. I think nearly ten to fifteen percent of everything that they do, defensively and offensively. Like it's ridiculous the numbers that he's been putting up. You know, he's averaging over 200 metres, 250 metres maybe sometimes. It's ridiculous. Um, quality work, playing 80 minutes in the middle. Um, the Sharks are... What about the Sharks? There just always seems to be a drama at that club. Yeah. I always. mean, it's, 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 I mean, they're a strong club. They're a great club. And I think it's just going to be just too hard for them to get up there. But I think I think just the town will factor out. Other forwards, being X forward, just say the number one forward was out or one of our main forwards, other forwards would step up. And I think they're going, fuck, we are, We can do it without Tamalala. That's their mentality. I think they'll carry into the game and they've got a really good strong forward pack. So got who, who would win a fight out of Paul Gallon and Mark Carroll? You seen all that going back and forth? Man, it'd be hard to go past Gal. Gal's a fucking tried and tested animal. And yeah, Spud's just tough. You. I mean, it's just... Uh, what are the, why do people feel the need to go and do that in the media anyway? You yeah, should call out. Remember when mate, you and Mark Guy were going to have a fight? That it's was all good. about egos, mate. I don't have one. Raiders versus Newcastle. I think Newcastle. Ooh, what? No, I don't. Th- hey, let me finish. <laughs> I don't think Newcastle can back up from last week. Physically, yeah. Bit of, um, what, Tough about, game. what about what about Pong back? Do you think Mitchell Pearce should be back playing this week? Even though this has been said, like, do you think that he should be able to play this week after copying pretty much a knockout punch? If you were um, if you were a professional a boxer. boxer. Yeah. No, I don't. Or a UFC fighter. I, you're out, I don't. I think, you're, I think you're out for six to ten weeks, 12 weeks maybe, three months. Minimum. In a fight. I'm not sure. Yeah, In a fight UFC, yeah, they, yeah. It scales on what sort of tests you do. And I'm just not comfortable with just say if I actually really cared about Pierce if I was a coach or because actually they don't really give a fuck about us really. They go, all right, well, you pass the cog test and all this sort of bullshit thinking that's sufficient. That is not enough evidence for me to go, okay, well, you just got knocked the fuck out on Saturday. You're fine to play on Saturday. You know what I mean? It's not It's not enough for me. I love Piercy. I love all these players that are tough, but it's the days are gone where you have to wear that badge of honour when you got up and you played the next week. It's like, mate, take care of your mental health. And he's been take around a long time. Take care of your brain. He like should, he should be thinking. 250 games. The clubs should look out for him. The NRL should look after him. It's like you've had a severe head knock. Do all the all the 
due diligence you can for him to get back on the field. But the not club just won't. pass a fucking not just pass a stupid test. I've passed these tests before. It's embarrassing what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like he was sitting on the sideline. He was ready to go back on. Yeah, he would have. He said, you know what I mean? he would have because he's a tough little bastard. He's got that mentality, but it's just not right. It's not. It's not right. I just think. Maybe he should. It should be three weeks, four weeks minimum for a massive head knock. Like it that. should be taken out of his hands because players want to play. It shouldn't, it so shouldn't be. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be, up be to let him. in in the players' hands. Exactly what you just said. Because what do players do? I always say play. players play. Yeah, they do want to play. So I think the, look, the Raiders look good. Newcastle Raiders look be hard to beat. Man. Gold Coast versus the Tigers. Do you know what I'm? <sighs> at at I like some the Tigers, point, that's it. At some point this year, the Gold Coast will win a game. Mm. Not this game. Uh, your old side, Canterbury, mm. they're playing. What about this game? Do you know what? It's lucky that they've got cardboard cutouts because anyone who paid to watch this game would be ripping their money up. How disappointing is, is that? But like, just think, awful. But how disappointing is that as a as a rugby league fan? It'd be as like just say, just say, fine. just say, if you're an AFL fan, it's like Essendon and Carlton, two great great clubs, yeah, but can't get in the eight, yeah. You know what I mean? Like bottom feeders and you're like, you've got such great support and great, you know, everything. The media, you got good friends with the media, you got everything. And then it's just like, you just fucking turn up on the weekend and deliver dog shit. Mm. I think, um, I think the, I think the Dragons have too much quality and everyone's like, oh, it's, it's whoever, whoever plays good and all the coach, whatever. I mean, whoever, whoever wins, the other coach is going to get sacked. This is a coach killer cup. It's, it's a bullshit. It's a bullshit. Eh? The yeah, coach we're better cup. than that. Just and that's the the media and that's the narrative that they want to drive. So I it's think probably, it's probably not a narrative. It's probably I mean whoever whoever loses this game will probably lose their coach job after four rounds, man. Two rounds, really. Mm, I don't know. They will though. It's a cutthroat game. Coach killer. I yeah. All right. Well, let's go back and we will do our tips. Have we got all them there. Yeah, we got all the games. Yeah. Brisbane versus the Roosters. All right, I'm going to fly through mine. Roosters. Roosters. Warriors, Storm, Eagles, Cowboys, Raiders, Tigers, Dragons. Pretty much eight for eight. All right. I'm going to go Roosters, Penrith. I'd love the Warriors to win. I would, but I just, yeah. Everyone's second favourite team. They are now. They are now. It used to be the Roosters. Uh, Storm, did you go Manly or Para? Manly. I'm going para. Ooh. North Queensland, Canberra, Tigers, and St. George. All right. How special was that at the end when Cameron McInnes got everyone together, the Warriors and St. George, and they just – he, he thanked, said thank you. He said thanks to everyone. That meant so much. I think that moment was probably the, probably the most standout moment for me. Mm. I was just like, wow, that's that's just quality work from a quality captain and 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 just people that really recognise what the New Zealand Warriors have sacrificed for everyone else because it's five of St George. They get on their bus, they go home to their families and everything just sort of equals out. It's like, okay, well, there's football and this is family. They don't have that, the Warriors, you know what I mean? So they've got to go back to their hotel do the same sort of shit every day. And I think a lot of teams will do that, but shout out to Cameron McInnes and the Dragons for doing that because they didn't have to do that. They could have shook hands, got out of there. They played dog shit like the St. George, you know what I mean? They could have been every, – everyone after a game doesn't want to – you shake hands, you just want to get out of there. But for them to, to, to get in there and, and, and form that sort of circle and him to – him to um, have his say was was something special. I think he was. Uh, I think it was outstanding leadership from. I'm not sure if it stemmed down from the the CEO or anything or the coach. I, I think pretty sure it was just the players because the players know what the New Zealand Warriors have done for the game. They've saved the game. I reckon he was just asking what Tamworth was like. Maybe he goes, "How big is a golden guitar? <laughs> is it like is it like ten foot or is it twenty or maybe thirty? I think it's fifty. We're deep diving once more into mm. William Marshall Mason's representative career. And we're not talking about highlights on the field. We're not talking about achievements. What are we talking about, Will? We're talking about what you have done off the field. Yeah. I'll just cop the blame for everything. But 
There's some. There's just some really good stories. I think people should actually be aware of. There's I some mean, really good stories. I think last it? week was very. Um, I don't know. Education was to some people that thought, "Oh my God, why'd they do this? Why did Origin end?" Well, now you fucking know. Why did Origin that bus driver never drive a bus ever again? Exactly. Now you know. I know now. See, I'm very educational with my story. So, <laughs> um, this little one goes back, and I'm very. Very careful. I don't name people. I don't do anything like that. So the people that I fucking just say, look, uh, I was with a bloke, whatever. You can make up whatever person you want, but you're never going to get it out of me. Um, anyway, let's go back to 2003, Origin Camp. We've already won the series. Um, so we go up to Foster, which was a, a lovely great, place. Great little, great little getaway. A lot of Uncle Nerd up there. <laughs> uh, so we're like, okay, well. Pretty much, it was said, all right, we'll just get on the piss for like the first five days and then we'll go back to, up to Queensland, captain's run, play the game. Professional already, athletes. Already, Let's already get on the piss for or, five yeah. days. I don't think it was five days. It might have been six. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it was up there for like – and do a lot of promotional work with obviously, the, you know, people like uh, Foster, Tone Curry, you know, Danny Baderis, the great Danny Baderis Hall of Famer is from up there, Atari boy. So a lot of football has come, come from the northern New South Wales. So – Went up there for a little bit of a getaway just to get together, celebrate the whole series, talk some shit, whatever. We go out, we're on the piss, everything's everything's pretty pretty good at the moment. We did the, the signing session, we were out with the kids, all that kind of stuff. So we knew we had like at least, oh, so I reckon at least like seven days before we had to play, even more probably. Um, so we go out, we get on the drink, and I was with. Um, couple other players and then so this, I think I was 22 years old and then end up hanging with a couple of locals you know and they go come back to the Mish I'm like alright sweet you know I'm from Toronto West I'm from commission houses and shit like you know I know, I know a lot of Aboriginal friends or Aboriginal brothers are like yeah let's come back and we sit there and like obviously I'm not condoning anything I'm pretty sure someone spiked my um my smoke or drink or whatever I was doing and um, end up pretty fucked up. Um, don't like really. It. Yeah. So anyway, so my um, teammates or whatever, teammates or teammate, whatever you want to talk, call, call it, he's he's gone home and I'm still on a mish, not really knowing what's happening. I'm just like, just just chop me off. I'm staying here. Then they all knew where we were staying. So I'm just like, fuck, I'm not, I'm not ready to go. I didn't know how to get. I didn't know how to get in the hotel because my brain wasn't working, <laughs> and and obviously Foster and Tun Curry, the twin towns. Yeah, so you can cross the bridge and you're in Tun Curry. So I'm walking the other way. I'm in Foster. I'm over the other side walking towards Tun Curry. Shirt off, just thinking, what the fuck has just happened the last sort of hour or two? Just going bang. This car pulls up. Willie, what are you doing, bro? Get the fuck away from me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going home. He goes, hotel's back that way, bro. I jump in. I'm like, oh, shit. Just, just, like, just like, what the fuck is going on? Obviously, you can have a half a brain. You can put this story together. Um, so I'm like, damn, how do I, I couldn't figure out how to get into the house, into the hotel. So I'm just like sort of hiding around around <laughs> around in the car park and shit. Like people go, what the fuck is like, it's not a big afro and shit at that time. I was like, fuck, what's he doing? Just go in. Sort of waiting around, didn't know where the card worked, couldn't work the card, didn't know the number to the fucking uh, hotel. You're not the, the best room. version of yourself at this point, would you no, say? No, I'm not. I'm not, not really no. I'm not really thinking straight. Um, so I'm like, fuck. So I end up coming in, come up to my room and all the rooms were suites. There's a big party going on. I was coming to the come in, slam the door, and then fucking put the blankets over my head and get the fuck out, everyone. And I just went, just relax, just relax, just relax. <laughs> so paranoid and shit. I was like, fuck. And then uh, anyway, wake up the next day. We had a massive big signing session in Foster. And then I see all these uh, young young little Aboriginal lads laughing, going, hey, what'd you do last night, bruh? Seen you last night, hey? I'm like, oh, fuck you. I just look at them. Oh, you little motherfuckers. I knew what's going on. And uh, they start laughing. Anyway, fast forward the whole thing to, two, to probably 2000 and uh, I think 10, Jamal Idris, young kid from Foster. Probably would have been about 12 years old back then on the Mish. He goes, bro, remember, the two, remember 2003, bro, when you were on the Mish? <laughs> 
He goes, I said, yeah. He goes, I was there. I said, you little motherfucker. I said, you know what? He goes, bro, we could stop laughing, bro. Like, I was like, man, Jam- hey, don't you dare say shit. He goes, nah, I told everyone anyway, don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> man, it was kill-, kill me. My name is like, I swear to God, I was still running to cats right now. We're in the bars and stuff. I go, bro, remember in 2003, I'm like, hey, 17 years ago, stop it. It's enough. We are a sports show, essentially, but yep. there's been a lot of things happening in the world in the last little while that has really bothered both of us, and it's crazy what's going on at the moment. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it is mental. It's, 2000, it's 2020. Uh, we've been watching the news for last, last week. You know, George Floyd, he got murdered in front of the whole world, um, and, and shit is getting crazy. It's, it's, this is... It's it's not a it's not about you know the whole Black Lives Matters movement. It's just like racism. It's what the fuck is this? Why are we so racist? Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not that sort of person to be to be up on Instagram and uploading all this sort of stuff and trying to get likes and all this sort of stuff because you just get hammered anyway. But we have got a good platform here, and we can say what we can't. We can say what we want, and we can't get taken out of context. This is like whatever I say. This is what I'm feeling. I just feel that you know. Um, what's what's been happening it just it's it's been killing everyone and i don't under, i just don't understand why like with the americans the african americans been oppressed for four, over 400 years uh the cops have been arresting uh african american people for so long and then i think this is the last straw but what's been happening now is it's it's trickled down into the rest of the world you know what i mean like london do you see paris today 100,000 on the champs elysees like rioting in London, all these major cities think like they people are just had enough, and it's not just African American or dark people, Polynesian, all this kind of stuff. Like it's it's not about that. It's just it's the this this the racism is this got to stop. It has to stop. Like even and, and even in Australia, um, I think yesterday or the day before, young Aboriginal kid, uh, um, talking to a cop, says some disrespectful shit to the cop you shouldn't say that stuff but the police is in a is in a bigger position he's in a position of of a lot more knowledge he's been around he's been around these around people a lot longer he should know better man he 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 knows there's a camera on him but he he kicks his he arrests his kid i don't know how old he would have been like 16 17 maybe kicks his legs underneath him slams his head on the ground and handcuffs him just because he couldn't cop a little bit of Hey, you know, whatever he said. Like, come on, man. You should be man enough to cop that. You copped a lot worse, you know. I just And then it's kick-started in Australia and it's like, it's just frustrating, man, because even like since obviously everyone can compare in all other countries, like in London, everyone's, you know, the, the African, the, I mean, the the Africans in London, from African descent and all that kind, all that kind of stuff. And then the Aboriginals in the First Nations people here. I'll be careful of all this PC shit because I don't know what to call. Look, I think there's there's been a what's happened in Australia. Obviously, is that on the back of what's happening in America, there's been a huge push towards recognising Aboriginal deaths in custody and and, so and since, the disproportionate yeah, so, so since, amount. Yeah, so since '91, over 400 people have died under custody. In Indigenous Australia. people. Indigenous yeah. people. So that's where we're ki- that's why the uh, indigenous fellas are kicking up a bit of a stink. And then the, and then you and then you continue that into all the minorities in in every single first country or anything like that. So that's why I just think it sucks. I mean not I'm not gonna word it right like a politician or anything like that, but I just think that we have a platform here now and just like it's just it just fucking sucks. And I hate to see you know, we've got we've got, I've got friends that are African American. I've got you know people that live in London. I've got people you know Abri- a lot of Aboriginal brothers and everything like that. They're suffering, man. Like everyone, even Polynesians, man. Like I've been a minority my whole life. You know what I mean? I've come under racism and all that sort of shit, but nothing compared to African Americans. We can't compare that shit, but the Aboriginal people can. Yeah, because they've been oppressed for fucking hundreds of years. You know, it's it's. It's time for a change, and 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 the people need to stand up. And, I think and the make big, a case. The big thing that in throughout history, there's always been a line in the sand. 
And hopefully this is our generation's line in the sand yeah. and people can understand the damage that has been done and the damage that could be stopped mm. if people just reassess the way things are and done. It's, you know, and George Floyd hopefully is going to be one of those names that people will remember and go, shit, that's when, that's when, that's when a change happened. In excellent news, we have once again hit the charts in overseas countries. We're really, uh, I think we made it back in France again, actually. Yeah. We're big in New Zealand. I need a shirt. I'm big overseas. The baguette might be listening back. The baguette. I think you've got some friends still over in France. Maybe they're listening to us. What I would like, though, is for everyone listening to us mm. to go onto their favourite podcast channel, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. Yes. There you go. Yes. And rate and review because it really does make a difference to what we're doing. And, I honestly, uh, at the start, I didn't think that it would mean shit, but it honestly does. So um, go out there. Review us. Review and just give us an honest review, which is five stars. So just fucking do it. Not that honest. Don't be honest. Just rate just us. Put us five just give stars. us five stars. <laughs> That's an honest review, but what do you want to hear? All this other bullshit that's out there? Please. Four and a half minimum. I'll be following Willie Moore and Moore. Back in the NRL is Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie at the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Plus. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 